Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. The Tennis Podcast. The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. My name is David Law, a commentator for BBC Radio 5 Live, which is who I'll be working for at the O2 Arena. The ATP World Tour Finals is due to start in just a couple of days' time. Catherine Whittaker of Eurosport is with me, not alongside me, with me, because we're in separate places right now. Catherine will be working for TalkSport 2, commentating for them, and Catherine... We are together here on the Tennis Podcast, as we always are. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. I've plastered a, a smile on my face this week, in, this week in hopes that it will uh, affect my mood and uh, make me slightly chirpier than I was last week. But no promises. No, Well, no promises expected or given by Catherine Whittaker. Uh, however, it's been a... Oh dear, it's been a bit of an eventful week, hasn't it? Uh, in the wider world uh, i i i kind of just don't want to think about it too much because uh, uh so much has happened i've almost given up on pole vault this week almost in despair at polling in general uh, in despair at polling in despair at voting yeah it's been a it, let's be honest it's been a bad week for polling and i would say voting as well uh, it, this week for me is is evidence that if evidence were needed uh, that uh, pole vault is not a good thing however the good news is folks uh, that we're still having pole vault uh, just a condensed right. just a con- we've learned anything from this week it's don't ask people because they're silly Oh, I see. Well, we're, we're going to ask our listeners, however, <laughs> the or people not, can't be trusted no, that if we've learned anything. Not our listeners. Our listeners are clued up and they know what to say about the important issues in tennis. Anyway, we're going to be talking about the uh, the ATP World Tour finals uh, and assessing the groups because the draw was made uh, just a day after our last episode recorded. Uh, we've got the order of play for the first couple of days as well. It is it is exciting. Actually, you know, sometimes I think, Catherine, that you can almost have too much tennis. And I think the off season is a good thing to have. But even with basically a week since the last tournament in Paris, I've pretty much I'm pretty much ready to go again. And about you? I mean, I don't have to do much. I mean, all I have to do is sit there and watch it. But, you know, David Law, the energizer bunny of the tennis journalism world. Yeah, I mean, a, a week is enough. A week, a, a week 
is enough to recharge. There are some periods of the season where you feel like there isn't even that week where it is just relentless. But yeah, it, it's enough to have whetted the appetite. Did you watch the draw? Did you watch the Skyping, David? I, d- I didn't really understand what was going on. I mean, you, you tried to explain to this to me on the last show and I tried to log in. I saw Rob Curling of Eurosport fame doing a splendid job of hosting it. With, uh, with, and I saw a picture of uh, Gail Monfils and Andy Murray on the screen. But it was, it was a bit much to get my PC's-sized brain around, I tell you that. I really enjoyed it. I thought Rob did a marvellous job. That was not an easy gig. As a fellow Eurosport presenter, I would have recoiled at the prospect of having to host something live whilst also having a virtual internet-based chat with the tennis players uh, on a big screen. And uh, yeah, apparently there were internet issues in the hotel and everybody had to decamp. Marin Cilic had to decamp to Gelmolfis' hotel room. But because there was a, a different length of delay on each of their lines one of them had to be shut in a bedroom while the other one was out in the lounge uh so uh yeah but i thought it i thought it was a really nice idea and it i thought it worked frankly uh, she, she says all this very bashful Catherine Whitaker, but this is somebody who did facebook live at the u.s open <laughs> and my word she was not looking forward to that when it was first mooted but anyway uh it went particularly well and uh, Catherine Whitaker is now a facebook live star rob curling is uh now the master of skype he's also uh, a tennis podcast listener so hello rob and um yeah i mean though what it has ended up giving us in terms of a draw is I mean, if I could have handpicked the draw, that's pretty much what I would have gone for, personally, because I just think it's so interesting to to put Andy Murray up. If you haven't seen the draw, Andy Murray has got the most difficult draw he could have possibly got in my eyes. He's got Stan Wawrinka, Marin Cilic, who beat him in Cincinnati. He's got uh, Kane Ishikori, who beat him at the US Open. So it's it's got everything, that, that group. I mean... Arguably, the you could say the weaker group is the other one because I think particularly because Milos Raonic is is seemingly not fully fit and and there are question marks over over how how fit he'll be when when match time comes. Gelman Feast is an unknown quantity, as is Dominic Team and Novak Djokovic is the best player in the world in on paper in many ways, but he's struggling of late. So the, there's there's just so many question marks. I'm going to say no. On paper, he's categorically not the best player in the world at the moment. You could say not on paper he is, but the paper says he's not. Just sorry to be pedantic with you there, David. The first six months of the year, he he won two Grand Slam titles. No, no, no. You said on paper, which means, you know, officially. And officially, Andy Murray's the best player in the world. I'm not saying there's not an argument that Novak Djokovic still is. But on paper, Andy Murray is. So... Moving on. You said on paper, David. You said on paper. Yeah, but, but, but what about what about the paper that is no, hold on a minute. What about the what about the paper that says former champions elect? No, David. We is, all know what Novak on paper Djokovic. means. Anyway, oh, hopes paper. of a less arsy Catherine Whitaker this week are fading, aren't they? Fading fast. Mm, anyway. They've gone. Uh, yeah, well, Djokovic has never lost to uh, any of the three people in his group. So the draw went pretty sweetly for him. And there are fitness concerns over all of them, frankly. Uh, Ranić Monfils team, you know, I won't go into it again, but you know what I think. I'm, I'm worried. Oh, yeah, because uh, Monfils has not been 
He missed out on Paris as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so, I mean, a dream draw for Djokovic and a nightmare draw for Andy Murray, given that this is an event where he's traditionally not played well. I know it's a different kettle of fish this year. There's more on the line. He's the world number one, etc., etc. But, boy, is that a nightmare draw for him. It, it makes it very, very interesting. It does. He starts against Marin Cilic on Monday night. And, and even that, to me, was a bit of a surprise because he is typically started on a Sunday, hasn't he? He's typically got the tournament off and running. And I think most people expected that to happen again. It hasn't. Um, that means uh, the first day is the Djokovic group. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I really just like the way the draw has ended up falling. And I like the way the order of players ended up falling. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's interesting that Murray's not kicking off. For me, that's a slight disadvantage because it means if you do get through your group, you don't have the rest day in between the group matches and the semi-finals and then final. But I mean, given that they're best of three set matches, that's not a huge factor, but it's it's a small thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that decision has been made I think Djokovic team if team is fit and healthy and raring to go is a very good prospect to kick things off on Sunday afternoon I will look forward to that very much but uh yeah he's not got a great he's never really been able to muster much of a challenge so far against Dominic team but uh, I um against Novak Djokovic his Dominic team but I I hope he can do a little bit better and, and make a match of it and and show the London crowd what he can do, Dominic Team, because other crowds around the world have seen it. He hasn't done brilliantly at Wimbledon. We don't see him at Queen's. You know, London is yet to really be fully acquainted with the brilliance and the joy of Dominic Team in full flow. So I hope he can at least show that. On the other side of things, I, I, I mean, I can't see Andy Murray coming through that group unscathed. I'm not saying he's not going to make it through, but... I don't see him winning all those group stage matches. I think he's going to falter somewhere. I, I wouldn't like to say exactly where. Most likely uh, where, Vavrinka, where do you think he'll fall? Most Catherine? likely Vavrinka, probably. But uh, it could be any one of the three. I do. I do think he will. I think he will progress to the semi-finals, but he will lose a match along the way. There you go. An unsolicited prediction. I know. What, what's got into you? I mean, I, we, we haven't even done pole vault yet, and she's already throwing her predictions around. Um, I, I'd like to see... I, th I think the O2 is the perfect platform for Dominic Team to show what he's all about. Now, there is the question mark over his fitness, but it's. I, I'm not sure Wimbledon will get to see the best of him, maybe eventually, but Vavrinka has... has not always found it to his liking. He had the, these players with the big wind-up strokes. I think that that swift lower bouncing court it, it can make life difficult. I'd like to think. I mean, obviously, we don't exactly know what the O2 is going to look like in terms of a surface and the bounce and the height and all the rest of it. But I like to think that team could really play his best stuff on that court in that surroundings and a little bit like Vavrinka. We often make the comparison because of their style of play. Team is a guy, I think, who can come out onto a court with very few people knowing who he is, but leave with an absolute legion of fans because of the the breathtaking nature of his tennis. He can make you gasp with the power in which he can hit the ball, that whiplash feel, that 
that power that makes you shudder, that you just can't believe what you're seeing. And and he could rock Djokovic back on his heels. Whether it's enough to beat him is another matter. Absolutely. I think if the right Dominic team shows up, you know, fresh as a daisy, um, I don't think they've met. In fact, they definitely haven't met since that French Open semi-final, which was obviously a huge occasion in Dominic team's career, the biggest occasion in his career so far. And he was pretty exhausted going into that and uh, wasn't able to muster much of a challenge. They've not played since then, which is interesting. Um, and I, I would agree. I think, you know, in the right set of circumstances, why shouldn't he flourish, <laughs> Dominic team? But then I'd have said the same in uh, in Vienna and in, in Paris. And uh, it was all a bit of a damp squib there. So he's a bit of a mystery to me at the moment. But I, I hope he does once twice three times five times who knows show that london crowd what he's about and how brilliant he is for tennis um before they get underway i i think the, the doubles draw is really cool this year I, I don't know why i'm just looking at the the the, the various matchups and they start with the brian brothers against doddig and mellow i just feel as though this could be the last time we see the brian brothers at, on this stage maybe it isn't but I, I wonder whether it is and i think it's pretty cool that they are there that they open the play um and uh, and we get to see them again and then after that there's uh, jamie murray and bruno suarez opening the evening session against trent huey and and max murney i mean how, hold on a minute how old's max murney he must be about 58 He's deep into his 40s i'm i'm certain of that He's definitely into his 40s. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Bryans have hinted at it, well, more than hinted at it themselves, 39. haven't they? They, they haven't said anything. They have, how old is he? 39. No, he's it's surely in his 40s. He, he's been messing about He's lying. Court, he's doing he? a Nicole Scherzinger. He's probably been 39 for the past five years. I know I have. <laughs> there comes a point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a real unknown, the Bryan brothers. I do think they, one one day, they will, one day quite soon, they will just say, sorry, that's it. I mean, um, which one of it? It's Mike that has the kids, isn't it? It's Mike, I think, that has three kids. You're asking I'm the wrong person here. I thought they both got kids, but there we are. I'm pretty, well, one of them has three kids. Uh, and uh, the eldest is just coming up to five, and he has said in the past that he has serious reservations about continuing on tour once his kids were at school age. It's all very well preschool when they can come on the road with you and they can have a sort of weird fun life on the road, but once it gets to school time, uh, that's a completely different kettle of fish, and he has said that pretty openly. So there's a there's a big question mark um, from 2017 onwards over those two. So uh, I'd love to see them have a, perhaps not a last hurrah, but a one of the last hurrahs. <laughs> that really catchy expression. Um, one of the last hurrahs uh, in London. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Oh, Bob Bryan has certainly got a son because uh, uh, he is uh, showing on his Twitter feed a picture uh, from 
October, where it was the birthday of his son called Richie. And uh, Richie looks very happy. So there we are. Uh, a bit of a, a baby update there. I'm not sure how many Mike's got. Haven't got round to looking at that yet. But anyway, uh, they're going to be in action against Doddig and Mello. Then it's uh, Murray and Suarez against Tret Huey and Max Murney. Then in the evening session on the Sunday, Milos Raonic against Gael Monfils. And goodness knows what sort of physical state those two are going to be in when they get out there. What's going to happen, Catherine, uh, in, uh, in that group? Djokovic team, Raonic, Monfils, do you see Djokovic going through without a blemish? Oh, I thought you were just going to say, do you see Djokovic going through? And I was going to say yes, very confidently, and that would be the end of that. But unfortunately, you've put an addendum on that. Uh, I definitely think he's going through, uh, given how brilliant the draw is. Whether he's going through unblemished, if... If Gael Monfils is fit, I could see him doing something really special in the atmosphere of the O2. I, I, I think there's a possible stumble in there, but given the head-to-heads, I know we had uh, a head-to-head monumentally overturned in Paris against Djokovic last week, but given the head-to-heads, um, I will probably say that he'll come through unscathed, but I do think there's a chance that Monfils could surprise him. I think team is the most likely to upset him personally. Day one, before he's really got his feet under the on the surface and comfortable. Once Djokovic, I mean, if you remember last year, Djokovic lost to Federer in the group stages, but then he came back to beat him in the final. I think once he gets set, if he gets some rhythm, then he's going to be very hard to stop. Certainly in in the early rounds, um, but. I don't see Raonic or Monfils beating him personally. I, I, I think maybe if Raonic was fit enough, he, he he could do what Cilic did and, and play a great match. And, and with Djokovic a bit out of form at the moment, that might be enough. But no, I think Djokovic goes through 3-0 personally. But uh, team is the question mark to that for me. But, you know, <laughs> it's been quite hard to predict uh, Djokovic of late. Who's going to go through? Let's assume Djokovic which, is going which through. Which of his coaching... Coaching entourage is he going to show up with? The lot of them. He's already said Becker and uh, Vida is going to be there. What about Amori Pazman? I don't know. Um, you know, he, he's probably he's, going to be there as well. He's the one the world really wants to see now. I wouldn't mind having a chat with him. Actually, I've got I've got some <laughs> some life issues I can oh work out. Oh my god! Hashtag meeting of minds. Yeah, I well, don't think you need Amori Paz, David. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I think we could I think find some common I think ground. If, any, if either of us do, I need more Amori Paz. I think you're set. Okay. Amori Paz. I think more David Law and Amori Paz would be uh, just too much perkiness. Right. Okay. Well, that's why <laughs> you're my um, my sort of co-host on the tennis podcast is because we sort of even each other out in terms of uh, general mood, really, don't we? <laughs> Yes, on aggregate, we're just one normal human being. <laughs> the aggregate of the two of us. Correct. Uh, so, hold on. Who's going through with Djokovic then out of that group into the semis? Uh, who's going through? So, Djokovic is going through and... I'm going first. I'm, I'm going to say Dominic Team's going through. There you go. Who's going through? Yeah, go on. I don't think Ranić is fit, quite honestly. So, then it's between Monfils and Team. Um yeah, I'll I'll give him a chance to to yeah, dominant team. Dominant team's going through, David. I feel really positive about it. 
Okay. Uh, Catherine says Dominic Team. I'm just hastily looking up the head-to-head between Team and, uh, and Monfeast to see if I can uh, change my mind. Uh, but anyway, uh, I can't seem to find that, so not to worry. Um, the other group, well, you reckon that Andy Murray will go through, but maybe with a problem. Um, Marin Cilic is his first opponent. I can see where you're coming from. And then it's going to be, well, they, they basically play the winner's of the first two matches against each other in the second one, don't they? Um, so, <sighs> Stan Wawrinka up against Kane Ishikuri. I mean, they had a, a, they've had some really good matches over the time, haven't they? I, I don't know. I think maybe Nishikori, you know. Uh, I think Nishikori might come through that. Just by the by, Team and Morphys have played once in Umag last year and Team won, but that's clay. And, I mean, not that Morphys is any slouch on clay, but... Obviously, a very different. I'm still going with team, but yeah, I'm I'm going with team as well. Mm-hmm. Copied. Uh, sorry, what what was the question? What was the question? Uh, Nishikori or Varinka in the uh, in the other group? Nishikori or Varinka? That's the afternoon match on uh, on Monday with the uh, with Pierre Hugues Herbert against Nicolas Mou. Oh, uh, and uh, uh, those two. Who've had a really uh, not very successful second half of the season after storming to everything first half of the season. They look completely unbeatable. Um, it's since the Olympics, really, which I think was a desperate disappointment for them. It's been um, it's been rocky by their high standards. Uh, who is coming through? I'm going to go for Vavrinka. I mean, as I say that, I'm obviously fully aware that there's just as much chance that he'll crash and burn and lose every match pathetically in in the way that there always is with Stanford Vrinka but equally he could barnstorm that group and win every match and win the whole thing so um I'll put my chips on for Vrinka on this occasion yeah I'm going Nishikori I think he is so good at taking time away that he will he will find a way to win that one uh and then we've got Murray against Chilich in the evening session I think that that could be really close I, 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 Chilich is playing so well at the moment. He wasn't against John Isner, though. All right, fine. Well, you have to spoil <laughs> it, don't you? No, no. I, I'm being, I'm being contrary, David. You're right. He's playing brilliantly, and if he just comes out firing and sort of stuns Andy Murray and stuns the crowd, you know, the big, the big. Oh, here's Andy Murray, your world number one, and then here comes Marin Chilich serving bombs and whacking winners from both wings and everybody goes oh this isn't this isn't what we thought we were going to get from watching the first british male number one uh, how, how nervous do you think andy murray's going to be because i've often thought that when he comes out at the o2 he looks pretty anxious and i mean there's going to be a real kind of celebratory mood i think initially when he comes out it'll be it'll be a fantastic atmosphere i'm trying to work out whether that'll soothe him a little and he'll feel as though you know what everybody's here for me and on my side i'm i I feel all right or whether that will stress him out a bit i think he's got so much better at owning that kind of situation in in recent years i think it could i like the word soothe him a bit but then he was so obviously so anxious against thomas burdick wasn't he in in that match 
to uh, to to get to the final in Paris. So so nervous uh, to get to the semi final, which ended up not happening. Sorry, that quarter final just after Djokovic had lost, and and uh, it all suddenly was in his hands. He did look so so nervy, and I know that's that was a very unique situation, and and he's not. I mean, he is playing to retain the world number one ranking, but it's not a you must win this specific match to retain the world number one ranking. It's not quite as simple as that. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't. It, you, I, I found Andy Murray's approach to this tournament a, a little bit unfathomable uh, 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 along the years. I, I you say anxious. I mean, it could well be an- anxiety that that you're seeing in him in previous years as he walks under the court there's definitely something he definitely hasn't been completely at ease um and i do wonder if he will seem more at ease this year just just having a look at his his results last year catherine if you remember he came in and there were even question marks as if as to whether he would play it because of the the davis cup final that was still to come and well, but he'd, he'd suggested he might not, hadn't he? At, yeah, at the he had, yeah. Davis Cup semi-final, he'd said it to Russell Fuller. He'd, he'd put the question mark there. That, that's right. He ended up playing it, of course. And, I mean, he, he beat David Ferrer in his, in, his first, um, in his first match. I think it was his first match or the third one. I can't remember which, which order they played. And then he lost to Nadal and Vavrinka in the group stages, both of them in straight sets. And it was... It was it was a different guy to the one we're seeing right now. I mean, I, th- I think I do feel that it was complicated by the fact that he'd got the Davis Cup final coming up and there was there was so much being directed towards that, even if not consciously, subconsciously oh, there was, wasn't there? I, I think consciously. And the, the change of surface of the Davis Cup final as well, knowing that that was on clay, knowing he'd had, he, he would have to head straight out there uh, to start hitting on clay to adjust to that the indoor clay surface. I, I mean that w- that was a really strange circumstance. I think and uh, I, yeah, the 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 gods conspired last year to really really not let it go in the favour of Andy Murray. But um, really different this year. I mean, yeah, it goes without saying, doesn't it? He's world number one. He's got a lot to play for. Djokovic, the draw really makes it interesting because I do think after the group stages, we're going to be suddenly going, hang on a second, Djokovic has looked really good. Uh, and uh, Murray has... Well, what I suspect will happen is we'll go into the semifinals and we'll go, hang on, J- Djokovic has looked the best so far. And, you know, what does that mean? And And what I hope... I hope is that we'll head into a Murray Djokovic final and we'll get that showdown that I think men's tennis deserves. Do you know the other thing that I think could happen with with Andy Murray? You, you know when he beat Grigor Dimitrov uh, at uh, at the U.S. Open and he, and it was it was almost uncomfortable to watch because of the the manner in which he beat him. It was so comprehensive and he was so aggressive. You know, Djokovic has over the last couple of years just been wiping the floor with with good players and and all and reveling in it. It seemed to me, you know, I am so much better than everybody, and I love proving it. And I just wonder whether Murray, with his newfound world number one status, may just come out and say to everybody and and put on a display that just tells everybody, reminds everybody that he's the boss, he's the world number one. And now things are different. Yeah, 
you could be right. Yeah, I'd love to see him do that. I really would. I'd love to see him, well, own it again. I just said he's got better at owning those sorts of things. So I think that'd be awesome if we saw that kind of Andy Murray. I'd love that. He'd he'd have to play some really assertive tennis, given the three guys he's playing. I mean, if he if he was up against uh, Monfils, uh, in in some regards, I think he could he could afford to play whatever type of tennis he wants and probably win either way. And I'm not trying to denigrate Monfils, but just Monfils's tactics. The matchup suits him. Yeah, it, it suits Murray in many ways. But Chilich, can he knock him off the court? Maybe he can with cat and mouse tennis I, I was looking at a video the other day of his 2005 second or third professional match at queens against uh, thomas johansson and the, the 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 combinations that he was putting up against a former australian open champion would you would he was humiliating the guy he's drop shotting and he's lobbing and uh, and you know against the bigger guys like chilich that becomes the attacking move and i'm not i'm just trying to work out how he's going to play this but i i we could we could see something really spectacular from murray where he where he just blitzes all of these guys and and i sometimes think with vavrinka can he do that against vavrinka and then i think back to the the french open of this year when he did he did yeah you know he played against vavrinka in the semis vavrinka started brilliantly but eventually murray just dissected him yeah, well, the answer with Vavrinka is don't get him a ch- give him a chance to 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 hit the purple patch, take take the racket out of his hands. Uh, I remember uh, Vavrinka's press conference after that match, and he he was completely matter of fact. He just said, "Well, I, I didn't have a chance against Murray today. Uh, you know, I might be the defending champion, and yeah, this this sort of hurts, but doesn't hurt nearly as much as coming off the court from a match where I, I felt like had I done something differently, I would have had a better chance. He said, there's nothing I could have done today. So the template is there. I, I think that'd be awesome if we saw that Andy Murray. Awesome. It'd also be interesting to see what, what the others could put up against it, really. Um, but anyway, all to come uh, over the next uh, few days. Uh, Catherine, come on then. Y- y- your semifinals are going to be... Oh, well, what did I say? I said um, uh, Murray against um, team. I'm changing to team. You were very convincing, David. No, did I say team? No, I did say team. Murray against team. And I was so convincing. You, you, you just subconsciously... I doubted myself for a moment. I did say team. I said it would be Monfils that might challenge Djokovic. But as you were saying, you thought it would be team. I was agreeing with you. And I've just confessed to that unnecessarily. Anyway... Uh, so uh, what do I think? Murray against team and Vavrinka against Djokovic. There you go. And the final is going to awesome. be... Vavrinka against Djokovic. That'd be yeah, great, that'd wouldn't be it? Fun. In fact, both of those matches are fine. So let's just... Given the power we have on the tennis podcast, that's decided. Uh, so your final is going to be... Murray against Djokovic. Fantastic. And who's going to win? Uh, I think if Murray gets to that final, he he will win i see a bigger question mark over murray getting to the final than than djokovic honestly but i think if he gets to that final i think it'll be a good match and i think we'll see a better djokovic than we've seen of late but i think murray will take it there we go Catherine whittaker here on the tennis podcast brought to you in association (laughs) with the telegraph um i'm not going to give any predictions (laughs) that's fine uh so what else should we talk about um 
you going to go along with that, Kelly? You going to let me get away with that? Oh, she is fine. <laughs> uh, so, but it's Paul, all. Dare, dare I point out again? It's all basically irrelevant, isn't it? So, so if you want to let us all know what you think, then fine. But I can't believe you, you're just dissing the tennis podcast. The, the whole well, go on, then. What's ethos of the tennis who, podcast who, is who, irrelevant. Quickly then, what's going to happen? Uh, well, what's going to happen is uh, it's going to be Andy Murray against Dominic Team. It is going to be... Um, who? It's going to be either Nishikori or Chilich. I don't think Vavrinka makes it. Um, who do I think? I think Chilich is coming through. Yeah, I think Chilich will, will lose to, to Murray on day one, but I think he'll ultimately go through. So it'll be Chilich You said, you against... said Nishikori earlier, by the by. No, I didn't. You no, did. I didn't. I said Nishikori would beat Stan Vavrinka is what I said. That's what I said, Catherine Whittaker. Rewind the tennis podcast immediately. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sorry. What, what's the rest of the prediction? Right, yeah. fine. So it's going to be Chilich against uh, Novak Djokovic. It's going to be Andy Murray against Dominic Team. It'll be in the final, Andy Murray against Marin Chilich. Really? There you go. Marin Chilich is in the final. And, you uh, think Chilich is going to beat Djokovic for the second time in two weeks? You heard me. Wowzers. That, that, okay. that took some doing to predict that because um, the chances are remote. So I'll either be a genius or I'll be a dunce, uh, one of the two. Um, so I've got Andy Murray against Marion Cilic and I've got Murray winning the title. Yeah, that, that, that'll that happen. Is uh, Do I think that? Do I think Murray will beat Cilic? I think Cilic might win all of it. I've got, <laughs> I've got a feeling Cilic right. is going to win the whole thing. That's what I think. David Law proving just how relevant predictions are. Aaron Chilich for the title is what I'm saying. So there we are here on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tie break or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. 
It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with Legends of the Game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. Um, now, uh, let's just have another quick look at the... Oh, God, there's some good doubles, isn't there? Feliciano Lopez and Mark Lopez are playing together as well. And Henry Continon and John Pierce. So who's going to win the doubles? Are you going to go partisan oh, and go with uh, um, Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez? What do you think? Well, they are the favourites, so it wouldn't be... Are they the complete- favourites? What about Pierre Hugobert and Nicolas Mou? I just love saying Well, that. as I say, they've had a woeful... Well, not woeful, but by their standards, they're not coming in with much form at all. Um, I think Murray and Suarez are definitely coming through their group. Um, I, oh, I think the Lopez's might might win the whole... Th- I think possibly the Lopez's against the Murray-Suarez in the final with the Lopez's to win. Okay, I don't even think that can happen, but, um, um, you know, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I think anything can happen. Anything can happen. Of course it can happen. Because, of course, it depends on the Senate. If one qualifies second and the other qualifies first, and... Anyway, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Catherine Whittaker, you heard it here first. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I think um, it is going to be Suarez Navarro. Suarez, Suarez Navarro. No, she, she's not playing. <laughs> Bruno Suarez and uh, Jamie Murray are going to win the title. There you go. Uh, I don't know who they're going to beat. Maybe the Bryan brothers. We'll see. It's all fun and games, and it's all for us to look forward to over the next week. Uh, quick pole vault, Catherine. Uh, I know you've been waiting. Mm. So let's have a look. What have we asked uh, uh, of people here? In fact, of course, we We've asked them for their own predictions for the ATP finals. And uh, we can see uh, the responses here. Who will win the ATP finals at the O2? Uh, 427 votes in the last three hours. Uh, Andy Murray's got 64%. Uh, Novak Djokovic has got 17%. Vavrinka's got 12 And then another I my prediction of Marin Cilic et al only seven percent. So there's a, a, a groundswell of opinion in the favour of uh, of Andy Murray. Um, we've got seventy two percent think that Djokovic will win his group with Raonic second on thirteen percent, nine percent for Team and six percent for Monfils. And in the McEnroe group, uh, we've got Andy Murray on seventy eight percent with. Vavrinka second on 13, Chilich on 6, and Nishikori on 3. Poor old Nishikori. He's only got 3% backing to get out of his group. But that's all to come. Um, I haven't really got any other uh, categories on 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 it, on it this week, I'm afraid, Catherine. Just a few memories from people. Uh, I asked um, what people's favourite O2 Arena memory was, and virtually everybody has said the same match. Can you guess what it is? Is it now Bandy and Federer? No, I said O2 match, not pre O2. Oh, O2 match. Is it Federer Vavrinka? Yes, it is Federer Vavrinka from 2014. And it just proves that all of the tennis podcast listeners, Catherine, as much as they love tennis, they also love aggro. Starring Federer and Vavrinka with a brief but significant cameo from Cedric Murier. Yes, and uh, Roger's wife who called Stan Vavrinka a baby. Yeah. During the match. That was awesome, wasn't it? It was pretty cool. It was, I was in the crowd for that, actually, and it was 
it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so that's uh, that's all to come. What, what else have we had? We had a couple of other suggestions for for great matches. There was uh, Federer's schooling of Murray six love six one says Ooh. Tom Moore. That's a bit mean spirited, Tom. Goodness me. Um, and what about? pre-02 finals when the tournament used to be known as the Tennis Masters Cup et al. Have you got any corkers there? Well, now Banyu and Federer. Sorry, I've rather scooped myself there. But yeah. You did rather, Now Banyu and Federer. I also saw somebody on Twitter recalling um, the year Guga beat Agassi and Sampras. That was pretty cool as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was on the court for that. I was a, a, a communications manager for the ATP just seconds after Agassi had been defeated by Gustavo Curtin uh, in in Portugal I mean the 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 sound of the crowd chanting Agassi's name first of all in defeat I mean he 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 looked shell-shocked he couldn't really react to to their cheers but it was it was as loud as I've ever heard I think in a stadium um Ali says the Leighton Hewitt against one Carlos Ferrero final in 2002 in Shanghai when Hewitt came back from two sets oh no hold on a sec Ferrero came back from two sets down to level it before Hewitt won it in the fifth and that was the days yeah when it used to be a best of five set final these days it's a best of three but it it has had some great matches hasn't it I I slightly miss although I love I love the fact I think they present it brilliantly at the O2 and the way they have two sessions a day and they sell them all out and they only literally have one singles and one doubles and that's that's kind of enough for a session the one thing I slightly miss is when it used to be singles only is when you just had the singles lines on the court you didn't have the doubles tram lines at all and I used to think that that was a brilliant way of just giving a kind of identity to the tournament you knew exactly what you were watching the moment you turned on the tv you're such a purist david such a purist well there you go catherine whittaker you're too you're too young it's, to remember that aren't you i'm too young to remember yeah, cracky <laughs> i've I'm got sold. nothing david i've got nothing no you haven't got anything for that have you uh catherine i got an i got an absolute avalanche of abuse today on uh, social media because i dared to um uh, question a couple of the awards that had been given in the atp awards didn't see you jump into my defense i really struggle to engage with the atp awards i think that's a they're a nice thing to do but not really of any consequence or significance did you see what I did to get everybody so aerated? You questioned why Federer, having only played half the season, was yet again awarded the Sportsmanship Award. I, I did uh, do that. What do you think? You're going to say I don't care, aren't you? I'm going to say that Federer is a brilliant sportsman. Um, as you pointed out, Dal Potro would have been a very worthy recipient as well, but it's voted for by players, and I don't think you know. I don't think they spend a whole evening racking their brains and sitting around and making sure they've absolutely made the best possible nomination. I think they just sit at their computers for five minutes and go, "Oh yeah, Federer. We all love Federer, don't we?" Click, done. Oh, I, I, see, <laughs> I thought they sat by the fire and just kind of you know. Well, Maybe I'm doing them a disservice and I've got this all wrong, it. but I rather suspect that you have put more thought and consideration into it than uh, the majority of the ATP World Tour players have. Sorry, <laughs> The David. entirety of the world put together. <laughs> yeah. uh, until such a point as I dared question whether Roger Federer um, m- might not have won it for a 12th year. Um, 
and uh, and then I got abused for <laughs> saying that. Uh, and then uh, what else was I talking about as well? Oh, do you remember media? that year when Pat Rafter won Australian of the Year after he'd retired? It's a bit like that, isn't it? Not that Fender has retired, but, you know, yeah. doesn't even have to pick up a racket to win these awards. Oh, do you know the other one that got everybody going was uh, Coach of the Year? Because that, this is a new category in the ATP Awards. And it was won by Magnus Norman, who... I do genuinely think is one of the best best coaches in the world. I think he's so clever and, and his attention to detail is immaculate and I think he's made a massive difference to Stan Wawrinka. Um, but when you looked at the nominations and there was no Boris Becker on there, there was no Marion Vider on there and yet they'd coached a guy who had won whether however much influence they had or not, who knows, but he had won two Grand Slam titles in the year, had, you know, completed the career slam, had won four in a row, effectively, and they didn't even get a mention. Um, Lendl was yeah, on there. They, they, they should have been on the list. Uh, well, what, at least one of them should. There should have been Djokovic coaching representation on the list, and that sort of makes a bit of a mockery of it all. Maybe Pepe Imaz will get on the list next year. Maybe. Maybe Catherine Whittaker's favourite, who she's going to be seeking out at the O2 for special advice um, about her forehand and other things. The um, <laughs> the the, uh, the the other one that got people going, uh, Mike Dixon from the Daily Mail, who incidentally got the Ron Bookman Award for Media Excellence, and rightly so, in my opinion, one of the uh, most long-standing members of the media. How do you... How does one get nominated for that award? Just by generally being brilliant, apparently. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I don't. I, but there has to I don't be think there a... are nominations as such like that. I think that they have right. they have a chat backstage about who's, who's been they? the ATP, and they they work out who it's going to be. At least it was when I was at the ATP uh, back in the day. We haven't had a mention, Catherine, so uh, we're, we're, we're not likely to either, uh, especially given that I keep questioning who all the awards are going to. Uh, but no, I mean, seriously, uh, Mike's uh, one of the best journalists around, so uh, I can well understand that. However, the coach of the year bit, um, the, the other question mark was over Ivan Lendl getting in there and Jamie Delgado, who has kind of carried the load with Andy Murray for week in, week out. He hasn't got a mention. Yeah, but I mean... But do you think, is, is, is it kind of like a, an award that if Lendl's getting it, then Delgado's kind of getting it too? Yeah, I think so. I think that's just the deal, isn't it? The headline guy gets gets the glory. And, and possibly those the people in those dark, shady rooms where the nominations are made uh, have the same feeling of us, uh, which is that I'm sure Delgado is doing really, really important stuff and the results speak for themselves, but I don't actually quite know exactly what it is he what what it is he does do, what his role precisely is and how the balance quite works when Lendl's around and all of that. It works and I'm not questioning his input at all. I'm just doubting my own knowledge of the specifics of that input and... Uh, Maybe they feel the same. I don't know. If you were a top tennis player, I know this is a stretch. If you were a top tennis player, who would you like to be coached by? Oh, God. Well, uh, well coach of the year, Magnus Norman. Why is that? I think Goran would be good fun, though. Um, well, because he's coach of the year. I'd, I would need all the help I could get, David. I'd need to be employing the best in the biz. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's put it that way. So uh, I'd be going for coach of the year. In fact, if she surrounded herself by the entire fraternity of nominees, um, I think that maybe you could beat me um, in our rematch. So who would I go for? I'd need somebody who could get the best out of a big server who doesn't know where it's going, wouldn't I? Um so I would definitely you go. You need for, that now, David. Yeah, I would definitely go for Goran. Right. Yeah, I mean because I, I've heard Goran's coaching methods that they basically amount to. I mean, look, maybe I'm being unfair here, but it seems to me that they basically amount to. Look, you're massive. You hit the ball incredibly hard. Now go and kill the guy. But that's the irony of your game, David. To, to you, he'd be saying, look, you're massive, and for some reason you don't hit the ball very hard. What's going on there? I do hit the ball hard. What are you talking about? I don't know where it's going, but it, I hit it quite hard, don't I? Not your serve, you don't. Not as hard as you should. The, the, the power-to-height ratio is not where it should be. Let's put it that way. Oh. I think that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I just had my balloon popped there, really. Um, but Catherine Whittaker, thanks very much for being on the Tennis Podcast. It's been an absolute joy. Always a pleasure, David. Um, Amori Pass Can't wait for the you. next one. And, um, yeah, I think I need to see him just to cheer <laughs> me up after that. But, um, uh, yeah, listen, everybody, I'll try and get over that. Have a good week. Enjoy the, the tennis. Uh, Catherine will be commentating on it on Talk Sport 2. I'll be commentating on it on BBC Radio 5 Live Sports Extra alongside Russell Fuller. And we'll also have lots of stuff on uh, 5 Live as well. It'll be on BBC Television, the afternoon mash- matches in the UK and on Sky Sports in the evening. I'm sure all around the world, and we've got lots of listeners all around the world, there will be places for you to watch this stuff. It's going to be an amazing week of tennis. I, I, I have to say, Catherine, I, I'm really excited. <laughs> it's going to be great, isn't for it? For a change. Yeah, it is going to be good. For a change, I'm excited. Uh, and uh, we will be back with more tennis podcasts. Not really sure when, but we will speak to you very soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.